Let's Science is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. We live in a universe of scientific wonders. Every day, scientists are inching towards breakthroughs which can change our lives. We're playing our small part in sharing these wonders with you. That's why today is a fine day for science. So let's science. All right, so for this episode, I wanted to talk about 10 significant scientific discoveries of the last 100 years. Okay, now this is a bit plus or minus a few years, okay, because there's a few things I wanted to (laughs) um, include. So what we're going to do with this one is I have a list here of those discoveries, chronological order, from number one to number 10, starting number one being the earliest discovery, number 10 being the most recent discovery. Recent. And what I've asked you Mm -hmm. both to do is I have given you a list of the discoveries with no dates, And what I wanted you both to do is come up with a list of the discoveries in the order where you think they came. So in in the order that you think they were discovered in terms of date, okay, in in terms of the year. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go from number one, the earliest, to to number 10, and each one I'm going to ask you where you had it on your list, okay? Okay. Right. Yep. Yep. Yes. All right. Feel good. Let's do it. So starting with number one, the earliest one I had, and I had to include this one because it is a major discovery. It's a bit out of the hundred years, but it's okay. In Mm. 1915, we had the theory of general relativity. Number one. Don't. (laughs) I had it at number two. You had it not close, Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Relativity, I had it as number four. Number four. (laughs) Very good. Leto's, Leto's, you're the cool master. <laughs> you are, you are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know, I don't know. All right, so very good guesses, very good guesses. So I will tell you a little bit, just... Relatively speaking. Relatively, uh, <laughs> generally. Okay. Sorry, Caroline. All right. Was yeah. that the, when was the theory of general relativity? In what? 1915, so I'll just give you a little rundown. That's the first one. Yes, okay, number cool. one. That's awesome. So Einstein published his theory of general relativity in a series of papers with the final paper titled The Field Equations of Gravitation, published in November 1915. The theory of general relativity provides a mathematical description of the relationship between matter, energy, and the curvature of space-time. It predicts how objects move and interact under the influence of gravity. It also explains phenomena such as the bending of light around massive objects, which is called gravitational lensing, and the existence of black holes. General relativity has been successful in explaining and predicting a range of gravitational phenomena in space, such as the movement of planets around the sun, the bending of starlight around massive objects, the expansion of the universe, and it also predicts the existence of the black hole regions of space-time with such a strong gravitational pull that nothing, not even light, can escape from them. So it's quite a significant discovery and I felt like I couldn't go on without mm-hmm. having that one in there. That totally Definitely. makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All yep. right. Definitely. 
Wow. And, I, and I couldn't, I couldn't do more wrong. <laughs> How's it feel? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I am so in your shoes right now. Don't worry. <laughs> Let's see how we see how we go now. All right. Number two was the development of quantum mechanics in 1924. That's nice. Oh, Where did we wow. have it listed, Lindsay? Uh, uh, That's it. nice. <laughs> Sorry, was this quantum yes, mechanics? Yes, quantum mechanics. I, uh, number six. <laughs> I, I six? had it worse. I had a number. I had a number nine. Number nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's uh, a few yeah. centuries. Off. No, sorry, a few years off. Yeah. So you need these basic things before you can do a lot of the other stuff. But anyway, just letting you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. But that's fine because if you don't know much about quantum mechanics, then you probably wouldn't understand. So that's fine. So. That's me. Yep. <laughs> so let me, me tell you about quantum yeah. mechanics. So the phrase Lido, let's drink together later. <laughs> the phrase quantum mechanics was actually coined in German as quantum mechanic by the group of physicists, including Max Born, Werner Heisenberg, and Wolfgang Pauli at the University I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> at the University of Göttingen in the nineteen twenties. And then it was first used in Max Born's nineteen twenty four paper named Zur Quantum Mechanic. The term has now become a theoretical basis for explaining atomic bonding, molecular structure, how molecules react between each other, etc. And actually, it's a super interesting and complicated topic, but it does give some great insight into how atoms and molecules behave. I remember learning about electron orbitals in an atom and it was really helpful for, visual, for visualizing how atoms look and behave, you know, during university. There's yeah. like an amazing topic. It's so abstract, but so awesome. And <laughs> on a practical note, it's actually led to advancements in physics, in electronics and quantum computing. Cool. So that's a really cool one. If you have time Sweet. to go look up electron orbitals, please do. It's, it's cool. <laughs> Cool. All right. Now, if if my eyes are shifting around, I am listening. However, I'm just monitoring the dog the dog, dog situation. <laughs> yes. yes the dog well, situation. I have a very well behaved cat right. here, just sleeping. Yeah, up cats like yep. that. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Go Number three, I had ready the discovery oh, cool. of penicillin. And this was I in... had the number one. Ah, yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Pretty oh. good. Yeah. Lindsay? Yeah. Wait, sorry, the discovery penicillin? Yes. Is yep. it? I had it as number okay, two. Okay, close, close, close. Okay. Close, yeah. And this was in 1928. Also another interesting thing we all learn about in biology and, and microbiology, etc. cetera. Mm. So mm. Alexander Fleming actually accidentally discovered the antibiotic properties of penicillin. He found mole growing on a Petri dish of Staphylococcus bacteria. He noticed that the mold seemed to be preventing the bacteria around it from growing. They had the bacteria and then around it there was a whole big space. He soon identified that the mold produced a self-defense chemical that could kill the bacteria. This uh. led to the development of the use of penicillin as an antibiotic in medicine and it revolutionized the treatment of infectious diseases 
It saved countless lives and opened the door to the development of numerous other antibiotics to combat bacterial infections. So a major, major discovery cool. because yeah. without antibiotics, yeah. I think a lot of us will have been a lot of us. sick for a long, long time waiting for the body yeah. to, yes. um, like when you mm-hmm. get, a, say, like a sinus infection, which I've had a few of, an ear infection, you cut yourself, you have an mm-hmm. infection. A cat may bite you and you, you know, get an infection mm. without antibiotics. You could actually die. So this yes. is a very, very yeah, important discovery. I, um, I actually also discovered penicillin. I wasn't the first one, but I did discover <laughs> yes. it. Uh, one day I was at work and um, I was you know, <laughs> typing away at my computer, having my coffee. And then I went home, but I forgot to wash my coffee cup and there was a bit of coffee at the bottom. And when I came back. Yeah. Penicillin. Just bacteria Fantastic. everywhere. So penicillin, nice, molds. No, wait, nice molds. Nice green, <laughs> green molds in your yeah, cup. A yeah. bit of black in there too. Yeah, but sadly, yeah, sadly I wasn't the first no. one to discover it. So <laughs> oh, I'm for it. oh. So, there you go. Funny. Oh, wow. Well done, Lindsay. Congratulations. Sorry, everyone. It's 100th. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. For being about the five millionth person to, yeah, yeah. to discover it. Yeah. Surely I should get something for yeah, that Yeah, congratulations. Least, you know, okay. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I do it. I do it for the people. You do. Yeah. Your heart's in everything, Lindsay. <laughs> it is, yeah, in the right place. Yeah. All right. Are we ready for number four? Mm. Okay. Are ready? The structure of DNA. So the discovery of the structure of DNA, which occurred in 1953. Where did we have that? Mm. Well, I have it at number four. Oh, I had it at number six. Okay. 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 So I'm in the zone. I had it as okay, number three. Okay, good, good. Ooh, so those two are pretty close. Yeah, Penicillin yeah. DNA, not bad. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, I just thought they might be related yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Good work. There's a lot of discovery <laughs> happening around these times. Can I, can I just say at this point very quickly, I feel very, very certain at least about the last one. So I might be setting myself up for humiliation now, but I'm, <laughs> I'm betting my bottom dollar that this last one is right. But if it's wrong... You're doing the next hundred episode on your own. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Goodness. It's okay. You're just chain. feeling a bit of what I felt last quiz, Lindsay. It's yeah. Yeah, it's your last All right. quiz. Yeah. <laughs> so let me tell you about the structure of DNA. So this is accredited to James and James Watson and Francis Crick. They presented the double helix structure of DNA to the scientific community. They unveiled the mechanism of genetic information storage and replication. This discovery has provided the foundation for modern genetics and modern biology, enabling advancements in fields such as genetic engineering, personalized medicine, the understanding of inherited diseases. Oh, yeah, yeah. But what is not taught in biology class, and it wasn't taught in my biology class, is that when I was learning about the discovery of the DNA helix, there was another contributor that, who put a lot of work into discovery she photographed and discerned the DNA structure. She made, she didn't actually know exactly what she was looking at, but Watson and Crick mm. did, and um, her name was Rosalind Franklin. However, it's Watson and Crick who took the credit for the discovery. So ah, just ooh. wanted to mention that. And there were a few other people working on it, but they were the ones that clicked on and said, ah, this is, this is it. So mm. a few people did actually mm. contribute in that work um, of you know, trying to, to um, determine the structure of the DNA helix. Wow. Wow. All right. All right. So number five, are we ready? Mm-hmm. This okay. was when man first set foot on the moon in 1969. Oh, well, 
Uh, I had that at number four. Okay. <laughs> we know okay. What number four okay. Was. Close. <laughs> Roll out the red carpet, blow the trumpets yes. of victory. Yay, I got this one. got a number I five. Got Fantastic. Uh, yeah, well yeah, done. Well, done. Right, well yeah. done. All right. Thank you. I want to I wanna thank my mum, Elvis, and okay. Neil Armstrong for that one. Thank you. Very good. Very good. <laughs> so the Apollo 11 mission was when they sent men to actually go and land on the moon and step out onto the moon. Mm. And it was made up of three astronauts. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins. Or um, or Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and the other Yes, guy. which I was going to mention oh, is what yeah. they, people hardly Sorry. ever mention Sorry. him because he actually didn't step onto the yeah. moon. He was um, orbiting while waiting for the other guys to finish up and get back into the ship so they could go home. <laughs> so He was kind of pivotal to the he mission. He was extremely though. pivotal. Without him... They wouldn't have been. Anyway, it was a whole thing. (laughs) Read about it. It's an amazing mission if you haven't already. So Apollo 11 was launched on July 16, 1969 at 8.32 a.m. They left the launch complex 39 from Kennedy Space Center with the goal of performing the first human landing on the moon. They entered the moon's orbit on July 19th. Michael Collins was the command module pilot and orbited the moon but didn't go onto the surface. Buzz Aldrin was in the lunar lander. He was the pilot. And Neil Armstrong was the lucky first man on the moon uh, with Buzz Aldrin following. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin performed many experiments while they were on the moon and they brought back moon rocks which are still being studied today. And also some of the experiments which they performed um, were placing the seismometers on the moon, which we have spoken about in previous episodes. Yes, we have. Yes, yeah. Quite quite cool. Like one of the amazingest things in the whole world. And in in one episode um, I spoke about, and I forgot what it's called, but there was this amazing documentary um, with great footage that had been colorized and fixed Mm -hmm. up and, and, you know, and brought into like, brought into sharper contrast. Yes. um, Where they showed the launch of that mission. And that documentary was, I think I mentioned it was so inspiring that I watched it on a Friday and then I watched it again on a Saturday morning. It was absolutely (laughs) beautiful. It was free for on streaming, but I don't think it's free anymore. Mm. But um, okay. And a few so a few brilliant. years ago, when they celebrated, I think it was the would have been how long the fiftieth? I don't know how fiftieth year or something like that. Yeah. They there was on YouTube the actual streaming of the landing of the moon, the whole wow. from the beginning to the yes. end. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I actually sat wow. and watched the whole thing, and it's like you actually yeah. watching it for the first time. I watching highly recommend so if you can look yeah. that up on YouTube. Please yeah. do. Nice. Which is amazing when you think about it because the next time it happens, we probably will be watching yes. it on YouTube, right? Not now. Yes. You know, yeah. That's true. Yeah. That is Cannot true. Wait. Yeah. That is true. Cannot yeah. wait. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All stunning. right. Yes. Cannot wait. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number six. I had here the discovery of the first exoplanet, and that happened in 1992. Mm. Okay. I had that at number eight. Oh, okay. Well, I actually had it. Um, yeah, I had it as uh, the oldest one. Uh-huh. Just, I, uh-huh. I just felt like I was wondering if maybe there was like a Copernicus or someone uh. who might have seen an exoplanet in a, yeah, yeah, like a classical An exoplanet but... is a planet not in our solar system. Yes. So I don't yeah, know if you would have right. seen yes, yes, out so of I... our solar system, but good yeah. try. Yeah. That's, that's good because yeah. like Galileo saw the Galilean moons of jupiter so amazing yes yes that's right yeah but yeah no they wouldn't have been able to see that far out but good one yeah good try <laughs> yeah, it's good it's good 
I know. Squint a little harder. Just squint a little harder. All right. Yeah, squint harder. Yeah. Squint harder. Yeah. I want tears. Come on. All right. So the first confirmed discovery of an exoplanet occurred in 1992 and was made by a team of astronomers led by Alexander Wolstan and Dale Frail. They discovered two exoplanets orbiting a pulsar star, pulsar, known as PSR B1257 plus 12. Uh, PSR B1257 plus 12 <laughs> is a rapidly rotating neutron star or a pulsar located in the constellation Virgo. They used a method which involved measuring the precise timing of a pulsar's radio pulses. Tiny variations were detected in the pulsar's signal caused by the gravitational pull of the orbiting planets. The two orbiting exoplanets discovered were named PSR B1257 plus 12B and PSR B1257 plus 12C. Since then... I'm so grateful that they make these very memorable labels so that we can... We can remember them again in conversations with people. That now, we know. since then, many exoplanets have been observed, such as by two scientists, Michael Mayer and Didier Queloz, who won a Nobel Prize in Physics for the discovery of exoplanets around a sun-like star in 1995 and through NASA missions such as TESS and Kepler, which we've heard of. All right. Mm. So, ready for number seven? Yep. There you go. Here nice. we go. Okay, so number seven is mm. mapping the human genome in 2003. Where did mm. we have this one, guys? I had this at number three. Okay. That's all God. Okay. That's all God. Okay. Lindsay? Number seven. Number seven. Two for I two. Yeah, I got it. Very yeah, good. Nowhere near your score for my quiz, but yeah, that, I'll take it. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. So I've got some dignity left. <laughs> sorry, Lido. Sorry, I'm gone, man. <laughs> I, I, this is my, my sequence over here is all out of whack now. It's okay, Lido. Your smoke on it's the water, Lido. <laughs> <laughs> now you got that bass. Stick. You got the riff in my head now. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Go for it, Caroline. All right. So, the Human Genome Project was a joint international project involving scientists from the United States, the United Kingdom, Japan, Germany, and China. It was started in 1990 and completed in 2003. The sequence of the entire genome provided a comprehensive map of the genes and genetic variations that make up human DNA. This has enabled scientists to identify genes associated with diseases, understand the basic, the genetic basis of traits, and develop personal, personalized medicine approaches. And we can also find out ancestral DNA heritage which is a fun thing to do if you haven't already done so <laughs> cool hey <laughs> of course you can yeah, i haven't done that yet yeah yes it's really cheap cool plug to um, that ancestral That's dna right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. mine pointed to malta which wasn't a big surprise but anyway yeah well there you go yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. i come from malta. which leader was we talked about leader being a malta in episode 99 there you go there yeah. you go there's that connection definitely, yeah. definitely was. Mm-hmm. all right number eight is a really cool one okay all right all right, so, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. Okay. <laughs> so we have at number eight, the sequencing of Neanderthal DNA, which happened in 2010. Oh. Who had this one at number eight? I had, 
Did no, anyone? I had it as seven. Seven, okay. Seven. Okay, that's okay. Close. Oh, I had it as number nine. Okay. Nine. Close. Close. Very good. I've had Very some good. close calls, but just not the... Uh, Very good. Yeah. Yep. Oh, mm. almost there. Almost all right. There. Do we so. need to bleep that? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, did I, I say that? No, that's all right. That was a joke. That's a joke from... Actually, because it's our 100th, I'll tell the story really quickly. So, <laughs> yeah. on raising the bets at one point, um, Melanie said that same word. And yes. d- as a joke, Don bleeped it, right? Uh, it just so happened. Now, Lena had no idea that this happened, right? But in your first episode with us, you did the same thing. So that was a joke we had it bleeped as well. So uh, <laughs> that was Easter... I'm going to say that was it Easter just, 2020, I think uh, it was. Yeah, I Easter think it was. And it sounded yeah. worse. Yeah. It sounded like I said something really, really yeah. bad. It sounded like you saw really <laughs> bad. Oh, really we bad. Did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we stitched it up Catherine Savoz, it is really, mm, yeah. you know, yeah. talk back radio. I know. Why is my finger blurry? Oh, okay. I wonder if you got rid of our clean reading on, on Apple Podcasts. Mm. You know? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know. Come on. Anyways. Go for it, Caroline. Ne- Neanderthal DNA sequencing. Neanderthal DNA, which, is really cool. which I thought was really cool. The first successful sequencing of Neanderthal DNA took place in 2010. In that year, research team led by Svant Pabor at the Max Planck Institute for Evolutionary Anthropology in Germany published a draft sequence of the Neanderthal genome. The team used DNA extracted from a toe bone of a Neanderthal individual found in the Denisova cave in Siberia. This involved extracting and analysing ancient DNA from the Neanderthal remains, comparing it to human genome and reconstructing a significant portion of the Neanderthal genome. Wow. Valuable information about the genetic similarities and differences between Neanderthals and modern humans was obtained. The study also determined that some mixture of genes occurred between Neanderthals and modern humans Mm. and presented evidence that elements of their genome remain in modern humans, which is mind-blowing amazing to me. Very. And super cool. Very cool. Yes. Yes. Where where was that toe bone found again? In Siberia. Was Was there a jukebox? Siberia as well or? They find, yeah. Oh, I don't no, know how that popped no. into my head. That's yeah, that's a long time ago. I did I, I, I see it in the girl. So I'm trying not to laugh. I'm leaving that one there on you the know, table. With someone, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right next to the mushrooms, and let's keep going. Okay, yeah. God, Lido. I, I remember if someone calls you, you, you know, Neanderthal, Neanderthal, to say thank and you, it's a compliment. That don't, yeah. thank, you. A, thank you, thank you. Mm. I, I, I am, am part. Yes, and well done. And you can say well done for knowing what Neanderthals are. As well. <laughs> <laughs> a, Very smart. Uh, if you want to return the insult, yeah, that's it. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Number nine. Okay. Ready. Mm-hmm. The first successful landing of a reusable slash recyclable booster rocket booster, <sighs> which was in two thousand and fifteen. Where do we have this one, guys? Uh, Lido. Mm-hmm. I had this at number 10. Oh, close. Close, close. Close. Yeah. So, yeah, I had these mixed around with Neanderthal DNA, so I had it as number eight. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's all right. Because they're pretty close. I'm a Neanderthal, clearly. So, yeah, there you are. Yes. They were very smart. People don't give them enough credit. Anyway. Yeah. No, no, no. All right. So, SpaceX successfully relanded a rocket booster in December 2015. The reusable launch system technology was developed for the first stage of the Falcon 9. After stage separation, Mm -hmm. the booster flips around and a re-entry burn controls the direction to the landing site and a landing burn accomplishes the final low-altitude deceleration and touchdown. 
The program was first announced in 2011. SpaceX first successfully launched and recovered the first stage booster on December 2015. The first reuse of the refurbished booster occurred in March 2017. And they get mm. then again on June 2017. My number fell off there. Following this, <laughs> the reflight of the refurbished <laughs> boosters have now become a routine. Mm. And in May 2021, you might remember this, the booster named B1051 became the first booster to launch 10 missions. Yes. It'd be used 10 times, which is wow. super cool. That's mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. So there we go. Yep. Awesome. And we are we are hoping wow. um, at some some point now to have a successful Starship launch orbit and you know return to Earth. They were, Looking the first forward one, to that one. They learned a lot. The the first one they had to yeah definitely, to exploit definitely, it, but hopefully definitely. um yeah wow hopefully that will happen. Yes, I'm sure it will. At some they point, just have very to keep exciting. plugging yeah. at it. Yes, very good. Yeah, just yeah yeah, yeah. Keep, well yeah That's definitely it. keep on yeah. plugging at it. <laughs> All right, number ten. Okay. The first photograph of a black hole in this of our black hole in the center of the Milky Way galaxy wow. named Sagittarius A star. Who had this one at number ten? I did not. I had for some funny reason I had it at number five. Okay. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Did okay. They have the te- they didn't even the technology to go <laughs> see the black hole up Maybe they did. <laughs> They didn't oh, say sorry. anything about it. Yeah, we'll yeah. <laughs> that's true, that's true. So I mentioned earlier that I was very, very confident about number 10. Yeah. And I I remember being very excited about this. And I remember it being fairly recent. So, yes, yes. I did get this one about the Milky Way galaxy black hole. Yeah, Because that was cool. very, very exciting news. Yeah, It was very exciting yeah. news. So the first photograph taken of our black hole was mm. taken by the Event Horizon Telescope and revealed to the world... On May 12th, 2022. That's right. So the um, Event Horizon Telescope previously had photographed the Event Horizon of a black hole of Messier 87 in 2019. Mm. So that was the first of any black hole. While while also making observations of Sagittarius A star. When it was revealed, it was the first ever photograph taken of a black hole. The Messier images, and we spoke about this in one of our episodes, um, were easier to put together because it is a much larger, brighter, and more voracious in appetite black hole mm. than Sagittarius A star. The movement of the black hole is slow and a lot of material is consumed, so it creates a bright event horizon. Sagittarius A star, in comparison, has a very small appetite and moves a lot faster than Messier 87, making the event horizon harder to see. So that's why that one came second. And there we go. There's our 10 significant discoveries of the last 100 years in my eyes, plus well done, I think or minus a few yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the uh, final scores today are what? Lino, nine, Caroline, None. eight, Lindsay's like three. I'm about to just look at across oh, the board. Oh, yeah, right. right. Sorry. Sorry. You guys came back like, yeah. Go back to the previous quiz. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. And fun came first. So that's all right. Yes. <laughs> fun is the winner. Yeah, that's Yay, right. Yeah, fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hooray for fun. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone, everyone's sitting there going, everyone's sitting there going, wish I was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We Thanks all for that, Caroline. That. that was awesome. That was a, that was a bit of fun. So, uh, yeah. That was Amazing, Caroline. Thank you very much. It was good. All right. Ooh, well, I enjoyed um, that. I enjoyed putting that together. That was good. Yeah, yeah. that was good. Totally. All right. Let's Science is brought to you by StarQuest Media. 
and is a fortnightly podcast that brings you the scientific wonders of our universe from a distinctly Catholic point of view. For more from Caroline, Lindsay, and friends, listen to the StarQuest show, Catholics of Oz. Find links from today's show at sqpn.com science, and find the Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com oz. Be sure to follow the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you can find podcasts, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. The generous donations of our patrons at sqpn.com give make it possible for us to continue Let's Science and all the shows at StarQuest, which makes our nonprofit mission possible. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com give. Join us next time for more scientific wonders, and thank you for listening to Let's Science on StarQuest. Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. The Secrets of Doctor Who. Find the show wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Doctor Who.